0: What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing.
1: Just the end of the world. Tick, tock,
0: tick, tock, tick. Welcome, everyone, to Hoopod's The Watchman. Your. <laughs>
1: Excuse me, officer, I have a truck full of lettuce, and I, I don't know, I think I got turned around somewhere outside of Tulsa. I don't know if you can direct me uh, to, there's a, there's a club I'm going to, the Cyclops Club. Oh, yeah, the Cyclops? Yeah.
0: I'm um, the member as well. Oh, Yeah, it's all works out. It's
1: perfect, okay. Oh, um, it's you, my goodness. It's
0: me, man. Whoa. These are not uh, these little yellow masks? Merry Christmas,
1: Happy New Year, Happy, Happy Holidays.
0: Liverpool. Yeah, thanks, you too. Good to see you. It's been a while, it has been. I feel like there was some reason we stopped doing these weekly reviews. Don't know what exactly it was. Oh, wait, the show ended.: Oh Lord. Yeah. show ended. Our podcast is over. Everything's over.
1: <laughs> Everything's done.
0: We've closed up. 29 boarded up.. 20, tumbleweeds. 2019's over. Um, folks, welcome to Who Pods A Watchman, your formerly weekly companion podcast for the HBO miniseries. I'm Grant. I'm Clay, and we we've obviously taken a holiday break. Mm-hmm. We have had more time to reflect on the episode, mm-hmm. the finale, and on the season itself. And we thought it would be a good time to come back. We viewed we've it.
1: we viewed the Looking Glass, yeah, as it were.
0: We've 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 looked at it. We've looked at ourselves. We've come to terms with what we witnessed, what we bore witness to, and yeah, we we wanted to talk about. The show overall, because what our whole podcast series has been about thus far, at least in our review of each episode, was an immediate reaction. Mm-hmm. We would sit down here, we would get the videos going, and we would just talk it out. We would say, this is what we saw. Let's do a breakdown of it. Let's let's give our first impressions. Everything was a hot take. Yeah. And we haven't had time to really reflect on that, and I think it's it's important because- your first impression of something isn't the same as what you overall take from a show. And we wanted to, yeah, we're going to do that.
1: This is, and this is also going to be the wrap up.
0: This is our wrap up for season one.
1: Wrap it up, everybody. It's going to save you a lot of trouble down the road.
0: Yeah. Um, so I am going to, uh, oh, well, first off, before we talk about it. Yeah. There's an elephant in the room. Okay. And that is whether or not we're going to get a, a season two. There's, an, there's a, an elephant in a room pumping. In an, there's an elephant <laughs> in, in another show. room.
1: Not in the room. Another room. It's in another room. Yeah, right next to it. Uh,
0: but uh, yeah, the season two. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, I know people are like, are we going to get one or not? We don't know. We still don't know. Yeah. What do you think about that?
1: You know, I mean, we can't sit around and wait around forever. I would love it. I don't know. But you know what, though? Nothing can last forever. What do you think? I mean, do you think this? Because I think it actually. No, re- but nothing ever ends. Well, very true. Look, we're going to talk about the finale, obviously. I know you had some problems with it. I overall liked it. We'll get into that. But I guess, yeah, right? Oh, my God. We're actually going to talk about the finale. What a spoiler. Um, (laughs) You know, my thought is actually I liked it. I'm okay with things ending before they get stale. So I'd rather something end a season short than a season late, you know? Um, I trust that Lindelof and crew would do a great job of season two. But I guess at this point, you know, if they want to move on and do something else, I'm sure it's going to be great because his crew uh, kind of kicks ass, you know? Yeah, so I'm okay watching another show they do, or more Watchmen. And Any, I,
0: anything they touch, I'm gonna be obsessed. With. I
1: guess. It, I guess I'll say this: at minimum, I would love for this to stoke interest in the Watch in Watchmen franchise, and so then maybe get some good comic books, some ancillary material that's actually good. You know, that would be sweet for them to take this up and actually move on um, with some type of material. I'll take anything. I'll take a diorama. I'll take a shoebox <laughs> diorama <laughs> of new Watchmen material, as long as we get something.
0: Uh, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I would be like, oh, sweet. A, a shoebox? That's what they're coming out with next? Uh,
1: di- diorama?
0: You love dioramas?
1: I love dioramas. I'm a diorama guy. All right. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so right now we don't know about if there's going to be a season two, but I, I agree overall with your sentiment. I think that what they've set up here is important. It fits within the world of Watchmen, and I definitely want more, and mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why they wouldn't renew it. I get that, like, Lindelof, wanting to put the weight of the world on his shoulders and be like, well, I don't have an ins- inspiration yet. But I'm like, you have a whole room of writers that you've worked with. You guys as a team can definitely come up with more that fits within the universe. Get them paid. And I feel that with what I've seen of this world, I have so many lingering questions that I need a second season. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't feel the show has fully wrapped up everything in a nice, tight package. Mm-hmm. To where I feel satisfied. Okay, oh.
1: we got to satisfy Grant.
0: I got
1: satisfied Grant,
0: <laughs> no, Grant ha- is Grant hashtag
1: Grant is left unsatisfied.
0: Don't don't hashtag wow. This. We got to get that. Uh, what's it called? Trending.
1: We need to get that trending.
0: No. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and jump into talking about the finale. Yeah. I obviously have thoughts, and before I go on, what might end up being a rant. Okay. I'll let you start.
1: Uh, You know, I mean, when you kind of came up with this question, obviously, this is a question that was going to be on the podcast. I kind of thought to myself, at the very base level, did it work, right? I mean, and if it didn't work, it didn't work. And then we can talk about why. But for me, I would say, yeah, as much as it had to wrap up and as much as it had to address and deal with, I think it did it and it did it in a way that yeah it was rushed and there's some stuff they, they missed and went over a little quickly but you know what it wasn't like game of thrones rushed and I know that that's really not saying much that's kind of like saying that um you know like episode 3 of the star wars prequels was the best one
0: you know what I mean right
1: like okay yeah it's 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 better than one that I don't know it's better than the phantom menace that's really not saying anything but yeah I mean I thought that it I thought it kind I thought it pretty much worked it it worked for me So, with that, with how much they did, how much they had to address, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised. Because I told you, like, earlier on in podcast I was kind of lost. You know, I kind of thought there was too much going on. And the fact that I did think they were able to wrap this up in a pretty decent way, I enjoyed it. I liked watching it. The whole time, there were no glaring things. I don't know. But I would love to hear your thoughts.
0: Well, yes, they – they tied up most lingering threads they they addressed a lot of things ultimately i liked this i liked this episode but as a finale the more i reflected on this, I, and i think i left a, like a pretty positive yeah uh reaction when we did our our live episode right afterwards i was like yeah fuck yeah that was great and maybe i was making a little bit of excuses for some things that i wasn't feeling but the more i kind of like think and sit on it i'm like no, I'm underwhelmed. Mm-hmm. I'm underwhelmed by a show that shouldn't underwhelm me. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the things. Like this is a show that's that's weird and it is it's edgy and it's it's smart and sophisticated and and it's it's tackling really big, pressing issues. And if you're going to take big swings like that, don't skimp out on the finale. And I thought in the finale, it ultimately kind of landed for me in something that felt way too small scale. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when we were in college? I don't. Getting drunk yeah, and watching Fantastic it. Four.
1: Should where were we?
0: At the uh the blue house.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In your room?
0: Or in yeah, st- in yeah, room. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Fantastic Four, we had a lot of fun watching it, but yeah. at the same time there's a problem with that movie in that there's a lot of. Problems yeah, I to say there's a lot of problems with Fantastic Four, but don't you feel like? Well, I'm just
1: kind of offended right now that you're comparing. <laughs>
0: Wait, there's a. This is I awful. Point. I have a point. Um, it feels like with the Watchmen comic, it ended with a giant squid blowing up in the middle of the city, sending out psionic waves, killing millions of people, having a profound impact on the. There's a clear delineation of. Pre-Squid and post-Squid, the world is forever fucking changed. P.S. Do you feel at the end of the events in Tulsa, the world is changed? Or is this a footnote that, like, a weird incident happened here? The end. It felt like in Fantastic Four. There's, like, all this this big Doom was, like, building up, like, oh, this is going to be have a big, like, world impact. Instead, there's just, like, a little street brawl. Mm-hmm. And that was it. It was, like, they had a street ball, um thing through Doom into some trash cans. And... The flame flew around, and that was it. I was like, what? Yeah. Don't give me a – like Iron Man 1. Another little street brawl. It just – it doesn't – I love Iron Man 1, by the way. But it didn't have a bigger impact. You need
1: like an epic thing that's going to change the course of the world. If
0: you're following the footsteps of Watchmen, if you have megalomaniacs with grandiose schemes, I feel that I'm owed something. A, a world in which there are larger ramifications. Yeah, okay. And that's what I had an expectation Interestingly
1: for. you said that, and I think we're going to look at, you know, if, I know we were talking about, if there is a season two, what do we expect? Because I have something on that. I would say, you know, I can I can see that for sure. I, I think there's a devil's advocate to that, though, that it was actually nice that he was in Tulsa. It was nice that this was kind of on a smaller scale because he actually just looked more at how these char- characters are dealing with. Um, living behind a mask or all these smaller things and then it ended up being kind of you know there's something almost to me more believable about it being small right in the Fantastic Four
0: <laughs> I love that we're talking so much about Fantastic Four uh, that was a garbage movie yeah that and I'm was... talking about the old one by the way I'm not talking about the newer update
1: I don't even think which seen also the newer wasn't update. good yeah I was gonna say um, yeah I can see that I well, can see that but what okay let me ask you this okay. what, what would you have needed to see would you have needed to see that bullshit thing we thought where they were gonna spread nostalgia all over the world and everybody's gonna be able to understand racism? We thought that was a that was a legitimate, you know, hypothesis. You're right.
0: But I think I needed something bigger. And I, I agree. My my next bullet point in my list of like gripes or whatever is like I I fully agree that the intimate story, the, uh-huh. the character study story. That I mean, Lindelof is an, a master of that, mm-hmm. and what he did there with, especially with the dynamic um, between Angela and uh, Manhattan, Angela and um, Will, I thought all of that like yeah, that, it really worked, and it, it it affected me.
1: Really reminded me of Reed Richards and Ben Grimm whenever they were
0: <laughs> getting bagels. What was the thing where I said D- Daredevil is a cinematic? <laughs> <laughs> what what an underappreciated uh Yeah, which cut. which
1: director's cut and you said <laughs> Daredevil. Okay. Oh, but if you start at the bottom like you can only get better. So I think that's where you went with that.
0: But here here's the other thing. Like they this is a show that addresses some really big big issues. Uh-huh. And one of the biggest ones that they present right up front was was like race race relations um kind of addressing just race issues that that need to maybe have a reckoning mm-hmm. in, not maybe, that need to have a reckoning in the United States. Um, they addressed that, and I thought that there was going to be something in the story that had a larger impact than like just wiping out a, a cluster of Cyclops, mm-hmm. Cyclops members. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that... The passing of, on of knowledge in the lineage with uh, Will talking to his granddaughter, Angela, I thought that was that was good and important. But on a, on a larger scale, that seemed to fade away almost as if – almost dismissively of like, what, you thought we were going to solve that issue? I know you're not going to solve the issue, but I thought there was going to be a bigger impact to this other fictional world that might be something that we could discuss here in mm-hmm. our world. Mm-hmm. I think – and I can't understate how important it was that they did talk about the Tulsa massacre and how that changed our conversation, both within the context of the show, but just like in the United States and, and talking about that, because we know that there's like a lot of news stories that are addressing that.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: So that's good. That's important. Yeah, right. But I thought that might play a bigger role in the finale.
1: What do you think about the finale of Avatar. The
0: End Av- the, the Last Airbender? The movie I shouldn't have said finale
1: How do you think How, how did you think about the that movie? we're wrapping up? Avatar? Yeah
0: I don't even remember That was a bad movie In fact it's got like Three more ep- movies coming out right?
1: Exactly So are you comparing it to this?
0: No I never said anything Well about you, compa- that, you compared
1: <laughs> You compared Fantastic Four So I didn't know how deep You were going to go on this
0: I just don't, I don't remember that
1: one. I guess this is my thing though What would, what do you, what do you want to have happened? And I'm not defending it because I agree with you. I think that it was kind of this weird thing where they ended up in like, okay, I'll say this. Whenever they did like zap all the, all the Cyclops
0: racists, I remember thinking, oh,
1: that's it. I kind of want a little bit more.
0: Yes. Here's the thing. They introduce mesmerism. Where did that plot point go? Where did he use that device one time to mesmerize Don Johnson in the future to get to hang himself? Was that, was that it? That was like a really interesting element. Yeah. And when Lady True turns the um, Millennium Clock on all the Cyclops, that's what should have happened. That should have been the payoff. Exactly. It was was right there for all of us. Yeah, that's what I thought She should have beamed that light at them and turned them all against each other so that they eviscerate each other. They Mm -hmm. should have torn each other apart. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if there was a hesitation. They ran out of money. Or they ran out of money or time or whatever, or maybe they really didn't even think about it. That's
1: why John but, didn't hug ghost,
0: but for some reason, that should have been in there: Yeah, John should have hugged ghost. John should have fucking hugged ghost. and they ran out of money. but it was it was another pardon. it was another dangling thread that like kind of annoyed me, and yeah. ultimately it felt like Lady True, sure megalomaniac, narcissist, mm-hmm. she became a monster of the week to me, mm-hmm. Here's another comparison. Did you watch True Detective? Which one? The first season? Yeah. You know how they present the yellow king and the occult and there's this really Lovecraftian vibe to everything and you kind of build up to the end anticipating something like that and instead it's a monster in a haunted house. It's just a guy no, living that... in his house that the police have to go get and they, they almost are that was dismissive so to us, the audience, of that plot point.
1: No. That was so frightening. That was like the Minotaur.
0: It was a minotaur, but at but at the end, there was, there was nothing larger than it. I guess.
1: Do you think Epstein killed himself?
0: <laughs> is this where we're going? I'm just
1: saying because they did address it in the news, you know, the, on on the, on screen on the TV screen, I think, where they were like, you know, this is a cover up, blah blah blah, and you know, of course it's not going to go anywhere because wealthy people and politicians were protecting the individuals involved. Okay. Pizzagate. I'm obviously kidding about that. No, but, but I, I don't but know. her.
0: I mean, did you have in your, your theories or whatever, uh, did you think that Lady True was just on a quest to become Dr. Manhattan?
1: No. But I was wondering what was, was going on. I thought that there might be some type of retribution against Americans and against an American town for the Vietnamese.
0: Yes. Country, right. Yes, they introduced But this she, idea may, of imperial, she may, she she may have been trying to get
1: that power to do that, and they nipped it in the butt.
0: Again, was this too rushed of a show then that we didn't understand what her motivations were to become Doctor Manhattan? Like, what was she doing? It was that goal
1: a different point altogether. Why did Mandalorian end after eight episodes? Why did High School? At least we, hi, know why we did it, in the
0: second season. Why there? did
1: High School Musical? The Musical? Well, of course, we got to see Baby Yoda grow up to age fifty-one. <laughs> little baby, little, LBY. <laughs> Uh, why did high school musical the musical the series end at nine? Why did this end before you know, what's going on? What happened to the twenty two, twenty-three episode season, Grant Davis?
0: In part, I, I appreciate a smaller, tighter season, but this one felt rushed in a way that I'm like, you you're so great about fleshing out other people's like relationships. I wanted her relationship with Vite, with her mom, you with wanted her, a little with, lost with Vietnam and her past, and have a little bit of character motivation that made me have an understanding of why she simply and i shouldn't say simply it is a big thing to become a god Mm -hmm. but here's my other gripe about that Mm -hmm. like i wanted i wanted to understand her Mm -hmm. but this whole show the whole series the whole mythology everything about dr manhattan in the comic told us that him gaining all those powers was actually a terrible thing. Mm-hmm. He lost his sense of self, of humanity of of anything that he was passionate and cared about mm-hmm. and he was he was following a path. He basically lived ten years in a relationship for love that he needed to reach at the very end of that relationship right before he dies or gets kidnapped and dies, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, this is the moment where I fell in love with you ten minutes into ten years into their relationship. He went out on top, and that's where his commitment was. he went out on top, but I I mean, it, it feels like they were telling us that Doctor Manhattan's powers are are dangerous, not so much n- not just for how powerful he is and what all he can achieve, but also it's not it's not something that one should actually desire, right? Right. Right. So at the very end, she finds an egg. Mm-hmm. Angela finds an egg, and there's not even enough time for her to contemplate the weight and scale of what it could possibly mean for her to consume that egg. You know what would have made more sense?
1: She checks for salmonella.
0: For her to take that egg and fucking toss it, Uh and that's where they end. Like, Uh Wouldn't that have a a bigger impact? Like, She rejects the idea of what his power could bring to her and how that could alter her life. She's done with masks. She's done with trying to be something else that she's not. She's found acceptance in herself. Or, if you're going to have her eat the egg, then show her walking on the water. Or show her fall right into the water. Show one or the other. Instead, they end with a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. I feel like I am going on a rant. (laughs) That's all right. Your name is Grant. Grant Rant.
1: G-rated rant. That's what you did. You didn't use the F word once. That's a G-rated rant.
0: While I'm bitching. Yep. there's a B word. um, The religious iconography Mm -hmm. is over the top in this episode. I think Lady True... Getting the stigmata wound, her juxtaposed with the the, the crucifix mm-hmm. on the wall, being mm-hmm. heavily lit. I was like, all right, I get it. But I don't know why you guys why, – why are they leaning into this? Is this just that Lindelof has this it's easy. compulsion toward having religion play a theme in everything that he does? Yeah. Especially when they were interestingly leaning on something that's much less addressed. Like atheism and Doctor Manhattan's atheism mm-hmm. up until this point, mm-hmm. I still don't know what, like where in that final episode it was like. Oh, but Christianity now has its place here. <laughs> like, where'd that come from? Why was it there?
1: May, I th- I kind of thought maybe it was just something as simple as like just yet another belief structure. It's just throwing the kitchen sink approach, throwing everything you can. You know. But why? I know. Why I know. do it
0: at the end? Eh, I like it, it. It wasn't a theme that was carried throughout the rest of the series. Well, actually, though, it popped
1: up about uh, week three or four whenever I did my silence. Uh, <laughs> when I did my silence write up on our Patreon account. As
0: everyone read on your Patreon, this is true.
1: But well, I don't know if you want to plug that right now. It's kind of a sweet segue.
0: Oh, uh, hey, if you guys want to support us, this is not the end of this podcast. Mm. We'll get into this in a bit. But um, patreon.com slash who pods the watchman. Make, uh, make a monthly donation. We put up stuff there per month. and wow, uh, Such guys... enthusiasm. I don't know.
1: Good Lord. Just burping you the threw, me you I'm threw me sorry. off. I am
0: sorry off. I was on a trajectory. I wanted to complain a little bit more about the raining ice squid.
1: Okay. And tell me why, because I thought that was boss.
0: It was boss for one moment mm-hmm. when it pierced through her hand. It was boss. And then, where did the rest of that destruction go? I didn't see anyone else really dying. Well, I told like, you, remember? I need to see some brutal... Remember when costumes? she's running? Her yeah. fingers could have got blasted off. And they should have. Yeah. Instead, that tore through... Lady True's hand, and then she uses a a handymaid or whatever plastic thing over her head and runs for cover. I'm like, I I thought that there should have been more brutal destruction from it. Okay. If I'm not going to get a global – if I'm just going to get a Fantastic Four brawl in the streets, Mm -hmm. then I need the raining down to be a little bit more hardcore.
1: Maybe it was and we just didn't see it. I'm just, you know, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt.
0: Maybe I'm being a little bitchy.
1: No, you're okay. I don't know. Yeah, you are kind of in a bad mood. I mean, it's a, it's a Saturday. It's like 70 degrees here in Austin. It's beautiful. No ice, no snow.
0: I, I just, I feel like there are a lot of elements of this. Like, mm-hmm. I, I've been seeing a lot of people post. Like, oh, I don't want a second season. This ended perfectly. How about no second season? I'm like, nah. Mm-hmm. Don't end it like that and not give me a second season. Now I'm mad. I need a second season because mm-hmm. – I have things that are unresolved. Holy I have smokes. a world that's been established yet, for me that I need more stories. Yet, from.
1: philosophically, that's sunk in cost fallacy. You're <laughs> trusting the same people who did not please you to give it another shot to please you again? Well, that's that's
0: me misrepresenting myself then because I was that's you still, that's you in a long-term relationship. I still enjoyed this episode. Uh, I have problems. Okay. And I will okay. passionately point out those problems. I like your emotional of this I like your podcast.
1: emotional integration. Um Yeah, yeah so Look, Ultimately,
0: for, I'm, I'm, I'm a mix. I'm mixed on this. For me,
1: for me, and you're right, I would be okay with them in, in, what was it? I mean, this is awful. This is sacrilege, but it has been a few weeks. Was it eight or nine episodes? It wasn't ten episodes. How many episodes was the show? Was show? It was nine. Episodes. Yeah, nine. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nine. I would have been okay with them cutting out 30 to 40% of the subject material and focusing more on that because they had so much shit going on that it would have been nice for them to tone it down. And then if you ha- do have a small finale, then it's okay. Right? Because yeah. you're able to more slowly develop all those plots. So you're right. That's okay. Oh, sweet. We got to throw that out there. I sweet post- Manhattan hat.
0: I need my hat, Manhattan hat. Your like,
1: Manhattan hat. Your Manhattan hat.
0: Hey, yeah. we're on. Uh, we're on YouTube. If, you guys, well, if you're listening to our podcast, check us out on YouTube.
1: Yeah, you're gonna see Grant's sweet blue hat. But no, so you're right. I mean, but for me, it was so. What was the last big show? What was What was HBO's last big show? And We it knew was Game what, of Thrones exactly, and that was so fucking awful. And you're right. I thought, well, they did this better than Revenge of the Sith did.
0: Well, I mean, Game of Thrones was still gripping and engaging week after week, and. I think upon reflection, there's there's problems that people have. Like I was kind of cranky after everything deviated from the books like two seasons ago, but everyone else seemed like on board. The people who don't read the books, I think, like really loved it, and maybe some people who love like the books thought that this was at least Game of Thrones was at least propelling the story forward finally and like wrapping things up. Right. So they were happy with it. Um, I I enjoyed the the turn with Daenerys though. I was the person who was like. Good. Wait, wait,
1: wait, 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 wait! We all knew that it was going to happen, but the way they developed it was pretty shitty.
0: I think most people did not know it was going to happen.
1: What? No, come on! I
0: think a lot of people. You're were right. Surprised. All the
1: people who named their daughters.
0: <laughs> no, no, no! I like. You read a lot of books. You're Everybody, very you, you would you know that she was going kind of... to do that. No, dude, a lot of people were, felt betrayed by it.
1: They were betrayed by how it was done, but no, they weren't no, no. betrayed they, that they it felt happened.
0: betrayed when it happened. that's r- like, absurd. That, that's absurd. They didn't even think. They didn't feel like it was telegraphed.
1: That's like, absurd.
0: And it, and it was, but listen, I like that turn.
1: I want to talk to you about season one overall.
0: Yes, good. Let's move on to that.
1: I when I look for a season, let me just kind of tell you a few of the things that I, I look for. Right, I look for pace. Obviously, I mean this is besides like good acting, good storytelling, and continuity and all that. But yeah, I mean story to, story continuity is important. But I look at, like, the pace of each episode, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes too many seasons do, like, a couple good episodes, and then they hammock those with a couple of good episodes at the end, and then the middle is just filler, right? right? So I look at is a, is a show able to not do that and kind of actually respect us as the viewer and not just when it sweeps week or whatever the fuck it's called, okay? I also look at story continuity versus kind of something being monotonous. And I absolutely love that about the show. I thought of it. Each episode was like a gemstone, like a different colored gemstone. But then they all work together. And this is, this is a dumb. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> which you got in trouble for on Reddit. I think you got shadow banned.
0: We do not have to keep bringing that up.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'm just saying. No, but, you know, this was a beautiful. If, we, if we're going to talk about night, maybe 2002, 2003 mom style. This was a charm bracelet. Each episode was a beautiful charm, but they all fit together really nicely, so it wasn't monotonous. I thought the pacing was good. The third thing I look for, and I think this is a discussion that I definitely want to have with you here, is you know when you look at like paintings, okay right you kind of know like generally speaking, a painting is going to be art, okay, but when you have books, and I mean of course, when you look at graphic material, it can be something can be commercial if it's like graphic design, but generally speaking, like a painting is going to be art, right yeah. When you have books, movies, TV shows, that's where you get this weird muddying between art and entertainment. And when I look at art entertainment, like, okay, did season one work as entertainment? And that is just, did it distract you from your life? Did you enjoy it? The answer is yes, I enjoyed it, right? Art has to be a deeper thing where maybe it's the first one. Okay, like you're not going to enjoy the Holocaust Museum, but you are going to learn from it and then maybe enjoy your experience in a way because you learned something, right? So this, what did it do for us? Did it make us think differently? What kind of
0: or, challenging, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. right, and that's art, right? He I mean, I would say from your exactly. With it. So right.
1: I would say for me, this definitely worked on an entertainment level and an art level. It wasn't a perfect show by any means, but I would say like overall, hitting those things like pace was, uh, you know, c- continuity versus monotony, and then art, entertainment. I think it kind of worked for me. Um, I was yeah. pleasantly surprised. I didn't really love. The stylings, I mean, I love the comic book, but I read it with you for the first time doing the podcast. I didn't love the stylings because I don't really like that 80s style. Right. But I I just love this. So for me, the season was just like really nice to have. And it was really fun to kind of live with it for a little bit and definitely dive in,
0: you know. I would agree. I I mean, I, I really like how you broke it down between the idea of entertainment and art and like how this met both criteria. And you love it for that. And yeah, I fully agree. I... Thought this when we when we started our podcast, we started by going through and digesting each of the chapters of the the twelve chapters of the comic book, Mm -hmm. discussing that, discussing the movie, but like really kind of engrossing ourselves in the world of Watchmen in anticipation of this. And we had faith that this show was going to be good because of the people involved. Of HBO of Damon Lindelof leftovers ever heard of it, <laughs> but you can never really be sure it's it's going to achieve what you want, especially in how it deviated from what the like you know there's just straight up adaptation of the the comic, and this is take living in that world but doing, I guess not a it's um it's not a reboot it, it's a, it's a re. A sequel. It's mm-hmm. not a sequel. Mm-hmm. That's, it's, that's it's, not, it's not even a reimagining. Yeah. it just not a they just like picks it up and it went. It lives within that same world. Yeah. This met all those criteria and it full fully feels like it belongs in the world of Watchmen. Yeah. To me. It but it wasn't overly
1: beholden to Watchmen, would you say no? Yeah.
0: It it properly updates everything for modern storytelling audience. And it, had, it was really powerful. It, had, it was really engaging. It had, me, it had me doing every favorite thing that I love to do about TV. It had me theorizing on stuff, wanting to talk with anyone I could about it. When you go to like a little party and like someone mentions Watchmen and I just like get excited. You have really, you know that feeling of like someone mentions something that yeah. you love and you're a fan about it. And you're just like, I want to share that passion with you. Like, well, I love this.
1: When were you going to parties? Because I was not invited.
0: Like theoretically, if I got to go invited to a party, that would Yeah, be cool. okay,
1: because you're all of my friend. You're all of my circle of friend.
0: Uh there was no party. I don't oh, know. Okay, about. yeah, that was hypothetical. Mm. Okay. Uh
1: but Totally. Yeah, I, I hear you though.
0: But additionally, I think in trying to follow in the footsteps of Watchmen, this was important in that it, it did have consequential discussions. There, there's a lot of shows that are very very vapid in subject matter it's very simple in in just like oh relationship dynamics or whatever And it's like that that's good for what we need to explore in this show but this one it had it, it explores race relations imperialism mental health nationalism Masks and what those mean and uh, for different individuals, like why one wears a mask—is it for power? Is it is it out of fear? Is it to um, hide pain? It, this this addresses uh, shared trauma as well as individual PTSD trauma. for sure. Right. Um, it it toggles between um, the dichotomy of, of 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 anger and fear mm-hmm. and how that relationship works it goes into a uh, uh, sci-fi and, and discussing um, cloning and what it means to be an individual. Um, uh, the sense of self and your, and your place in the world. And, and ultimately like an investigation in happiness. And like all of those things are, it's, it's big enough for a show to try and tackle like two or three of those for this mm-hmm. one in nine episodes to address all of that is really impressive.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: I, I, I think like, this was so intricately woven. It has all of the all of the elements that feel very Watchmen. It's got the the motifs and themes and symbolism that was going on. And what Watchmen's always um hyped up to be is like Watchmen was this perfect deconstruction of what a the superhero story was up until that point. Mm-hmm. And for this show, I think it's it's a deconstruction of a lot of storytelling up until this point. I think that it took and broke apart story into these individual segments and explored those in a a very creative way while making everything overall feel homogenized. What's the word? Not homogenized. Um, Everything was tied together. Everything coalesced appropriately. Um, But it it had to kind of... um, it wasn't simply going into, like, you know, Batman. Batman's actually a dark and tortured figure. And so um, real-world superheroes would just simply be um, not as pure as one would think. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's deconstruct that mythos, and, like, superheroes can be bad. It's like a lot of what, like, um, right. Watchmen was doing. Right. Um, Alan Moore's. Right. And this one is, like, talking about, like, no, this is more like there's systemic problems in culture mm-hmm. that create um pockets where mm-hmm. where there's power structures and p- some people what does it mean to wear a mask within that and how does that reflect on what our society does and i thought the conversation that was presented through this show for that was really well executed
1: yeah and and not even you know just good or bad or pockets of, you know, systemic corruption or racism or whatever else, but also just superheroes as people and sometimes, you know, yeah, you might suffer from some PTSD or trauma and at the end of the day you go home and you, you know, sleep in a bunker and you freak out about all this stuff or you have to go and meet your ex-wife and ask her for a favor and you know there's a lot of like pride lost in that or you might be scared or tired just want to come home to your amazing attractive husband Cal <laughs> and just and read some and read some Hemingway on the couch. Right. You know? So yeah i think I think looking at it and 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 kind of really getting into the details about, hey, these are also just people and people go through things, and this show went through things. It was great
0: that that's what makes Lindelof a perfect person, yeah, for this show because he he understands geek. He's got Greek geek cred. He understands genre. Mm -hmm. He understands um, building mythology in a world and expanding upon it. Adaptation, he did great in Leftovers and then made it into something his own in the second two seasons. Mm -hmm. And then he knows character study. So this guy's yeah. like just like set for all of this.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, one thing I was thinking about on the drive over here,
0: excluding my disappointments with sure. the finale. Right. No. I mean, but
1: I. But still, though, you you left the finale thinking, oh, this was really good. Like I enjoyed this, yeah. and so I think you still like it. I do. It just had some shortcomings, but that's that's There's, natural and normal. It just
0: has me wanting more.
1: In these days, as fans, we feel like, especially you, we're looking at all the forums and you're on social media, et etc. When you spend time with something like that, you do feel invested. You know, like you want the best for it, and you want to enjoy it. So, I mean, that makes sense. But I, I was thinking about on my short, as you know, like twenty-five second drive over to the studio, mm. um, which you know, sorry, carbon <laughs> footprint. I should have walked.
0: You live really close. Yeah, you but I was walked. I
1: was gonna wash. You the, were gonna be. I lazy. was gonna you wash walked. the car. Yeah, so could have left earlier.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: <laughs> listen. I, I was thinking. You know, one of the things maybe did they address? Did they not address? Was sexism, right? And I thought, you know, I didn't really see that, and I don't remember seeing that. But I will say that the the characters, it was like strong women characters, and it didn't seem like they were just being strong just to be strong. No, these were like badass women, you know. I mean, a lot of the people doing things, I, I didn't really. I guess I never really thought, oh, here's the damsel in distress, right? I mean, Lori, Lori did fall into a um, trap door full of alligators. Mm. And you're like,
0: who is someone? is a guy going to come in and rescue her or whatever? But
1: I, I never thought that. But we kind of knew that Wade was going to just because we knew. But I never thought she needed to be But rescued. ultimately, he doesn't. Right. I never thought she needed to be. But I thought, oh, that's going to be sweet whenever we do see Wade kind of sidle up to her and say, hey. And he did. It was awesome. Hey, it's me. I got a mustache. But, but that didn't show anything about him being strong and her being weak. No. It was just like two buds helping out.
0: You're right. There there was no um, ham-fisted kind of – um.
1: I mean, look, look. Like, whenever we, whenever, whenever, I'm just so, sorry, but whenever they had the, uh, I think it was episode one, two, or three. I forget. It was early. She, you know, Angela fucking takes a shotgun or a rifle from the from the bedpost or from the the headboard of the bed. Yeah. And Cal's like, "Are we going to be safe?" Rather than the traditional opposite, you know, and that didn't even seem weird. It just seemed like, "Oh yeah," because she's a badass, you know.
0: Yes, you're right, and and that that is definitely something that that should be addressed because a lot of shows do do want to express, like, oh, we have strong women, but it's, like, there's the the line of, like, I'm a strong woman in a man's world, or something like that. Exactly. Where like, it was like Dolly Parton 9 to 5. Th- like, where you have yeah. to, like, express that that that's what you're doing. And we it's, like, 9 to 5. And I think, like, a lot of bitchers and complainers on the internet were, like, oh, this – they called it woke men, right? Like, the, this idea, like, that um, – That Watchmen was going to just appeal to woke culture. Do you even know what woke culture means? Yeah, because – I don't know because you're so off of the internet. I watched
1: the NBA, as you know. Okay. And there's a certain guy named Mr. Irving. Okay. Who is hashtag woke. Yeah, that's pretty awful.
0: So, yeah. I get that. But a lot of people were just complaining that, like, oh, because they're addressing race. Like, oh, this is just going to be – preaching to me about like liberal ideals limousine liberals yeah yeah and we're both liberals um Mm -hmm. but i I,
1: although you do call me a bernie bro (laughs) do i and two weeks ago i ordered a bernie poster for myself for my own christmas present oh i'm good with it
0: nice right above the bed
1: yeah actually no i put it on the ceiling so when i wake up i can have a quick fap
0: we ew what hey just camera camera only on me Lube,
1: lube man is not just on Watchmen.
0: Clay, Come no. on. <laughs> um, okay. Well, I want to move on to talking about some lingering threats. Okay. So we're going to get, we, we have a, a few other segments on here. Lingering threats. We're going to go into our categories moment. Yeah. Um, but lingering threats. I, I was saying before that I think that there's a lot of elements that this show set up that, we, that are rife for exploration. And I probably should have put these in, I don't know, like a particular order I like importance. Al-
1: I'm, I'm a big alphabetical order guy.
0: I, I didn't put him in any order. Elephant
1: either. is going to be right after D. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is the deal with the elephant? Yeah. we got to explore this. Um, no, one, one of my first ones is that Adrian Veidt is now, if they follow the, the trajectory of where we left off, he's going to go to prison. He's going to go to prison. Well, he's going to go to a trial. He's going to go get arrested by the FBI. Presumably, he'd go to prison eventually. And if he goes to prison, who is he going to be in prison with? Yeah. Dan Dryberg. Exactly. Night Owl.
1: No, but he's getting out.
0: A second season. He's getting out in like three years.
1: Owl's getting out because Lori's going to get him out from her good work in Tulsa. Maybe. He's going to get an early early probation.
0: Maybe, but his crimes are his crimes. Her her deeds don't exonerate his crimes or his refusal Maybe to cooperate. Maybe they will. Maybe. But I like the idea of both of them being in, in prison together. And what if it was like prison break? I don't mean to be sweet. such a basic bitch about this, but like, what about prison break? Season one. But with like those superheroes, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be tight. You know, some of the best stories of, in Marvel are like when Daredevil has to go to prison or Punisher has to go to prison.
1: I'm not a Punisher guy. Oh, well, Daredevil. Even though Tim Duncan you love, I'm sorry. you love Daredevil. I love the Spurs. I'm sorry. I know Timmy is, but uh, I love Daredevil. Yeah, he's one of my ba- favorites.
0: Um, Angela now might have partial Dr. Manhattan powers. That that's of course an obvious one to explore. Well, really
1: quickly, these these loose threads, ling- as you call them, lingering threads—they're not necessarily negative. You're just kind of you're no, just kinda oh, throwing yeah, stuff this up. Yeah, this okay. isn't negative. So this, this is this is hashtag unsolved mysteries. Unsolved mysteries, okay. interesting things that could cool. lead
0: into a second season. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I, I would appreciate okay. uh, getting to see. Um, uh, following on the heels of that uh, would be Will Will Reeves, her grandfather, potentially being a mentor to her as a god. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Wade. I would love that. I would love that. Like a full house because they have the three kids. Right. And it's full house yet it's God, God power. Full house. Him
0: keeping her in in, ch- in check with her humanity and then you and mem- like, hey,
1: he still have kids. And do you remember how, not Joey, what was his name? Not Joey, the other uncle?
0: Um, Jesse. On. Uncle Jesse.
1: Je- Jesse had the basement where he was recording music. Wade could live there in a basement of his own.
0: Oh my God. Holy everyone... shit.
1: It writes itself. <laughs> it's full house. It writes itself. Just hold the pen and let it Ouija board you.
0: Speaking of Wade, he now not only knows about the big conspiracy, but now he's worked alongside Blake. And what if they would just team up? What if he has enough knowledge that they just fold him into the FBI? He's no longer a, a Tulsa PD, he's an FBI agent alongside her, former superhero and a human lie detector mm-hmm. as, as partners. Wouldn't you love to see those two as partners? God, a working TV his show? way up the ladder. Uh, PDPedia revealed that mm-hmm. Agent Dale Petey got fired. Right. They found a bunch of oil in his office. I did. They found his yeah. files. They fired him. Yeah. Um, the oil implies he was Lube Man the yep. whole time. And he's now there. he's uh, an unemployed vigilante. We could see his adventures when he's just like, I got nothing holding me back.
1: Adventures or misadventures?
0: Misadventures. Yeah, likely
1: misadventures.
0: <laughs> um, there's, there's. Well, all... he,
1: but he gets into credit card debt because he doesn't have a job anymore. Yeah. So, <laughs> <The you> can't <laughs> really fight crime when you got to work.
0: It's a there's there's some real shit going down here. Yeah. Um. Then, uh, speaking of real shit, they left all these people on Europa, all uh-huh. these clones. Yeah. And I don't know if what Vite said to them was enough to inspire them. Aside from you know the game warden he kills, right. uh, to inspire the rest of them to figure out the system and continue to proliferate, and maybe build themselves up into a point where they're a threat. What are they? Are they an alien threat to us?
1: My god, you don't like the season finale. You view everything as a threat. What is going on with you? This is like this is like Taken. Or this is like Taken.
0: Or are they paradise mm-hmm. that's going to be coveted by our people and we're going to go war, go to war with them, but now they might be uh, scary. They're going to die out. They're a bunch of simpleton lemmings, right? They're going to die. Out. They don't exactly. always have to be under okay. under the right writing. They could be more.
1: Because um, they do have special skills. I mean, they can build trebuchets, and they can make cakes.
0: They know two things how, two, two things to do. And they they likely portions. know
1: how to pick tomatoes off of apple trees. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, they, yeah, I could see them around for a couple of generations.
0: Lady True, Mm-hmm. she cloned her mom. Do you think there's a chance she cloned herself, too?
1: Well, I don't know, but I was thinking that could be a sweet villain origin story because they are putting – what's her name? What was her daughter mom's name? Beyond. What? They were putting Beyond in like the police car talking with her, and I kind of mm-hmm. thought, "Ah, oh, this she, could be a sweet origine.
0: Oh, she's right. certainly interesting. She's of two minds. It's mm-hmm. like a little bit of a split person. Which way, which thing. way do you think she'd go? Uh, probably with her younger, more analytical self.
1: No, but I mean, do you think she would go good or do you think she'd break bad or do you think she'd be she'd fight for the righteous?
0: I don't know. Angels
1: I think... of her better nature, as as Lincoln would say. You think
0: of the destructive nature of parents and how Lindelof loves to explore that. I would think that she would rebel against the evil nature of her mom and go good, Mm -hmm. I guess.
1: Yeah. She'd probably be working for PETA. Yeah. Try to help that elephant out, get it adopted into a nice, loving home.
0: But this whole world has cloning. Yeah. Still is a lingering issue. They're cloning pets. Like, that just seems like more material to explore. Yeah. Um. Russia. They they made a very brief mention of Russia uh, potentially trying to make their own intrinsic field generator mm-hmm. to make their own Doctor Manhattan. Mm. How close were they getting? Mm. What if we get another Doctor Manhattan? That's something to explore. Doctor Moscow. Uh, and then of course you know Red Scare and Empire Jenny's adventures. <laughs> I love it. Thank you for not forgetting that. <laughs> Can't forget. You that. knew I was
1: kind of zoning out. You needed to bring me back. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, a world in which a uh, massive conspiracy. Uh, oh. Like, we're now also in a world where a massive conspiracy is revealed, mm-hmm. and the squid, like the squid rain stops, and maybe Blake or um, or or Mirror Guy are going to say, hey, that whole thing was bullshit, and if that gets out, how does that shape the world? Right. That could be the bigger profound impact I need.
1: Uh, exactly. From this.
0: Exactly. Um, and then I just had a lingering question for you. Mm-hmm. Is Cal, a.k.a. Dr. Manhattan, actually dead? Or can he never really die?
1: He's like one with the Force now.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Like, they exploded him before, and he reconstituted himself. He seemed beyond this kind of thing. And him imparting himself into an egg, potentially, is he ever really dead?
1: Speaking of Revenge of the Sith, you do remember how at the end, Yoda revealed that Qui-Gon learned to escape mortality and now he could come back because he was one with the force. So does can is Cal, can Cal do the same? Can Cal actually guide Angela after she eats the egg? I would love that actually. And I don't know if he guides her actually by doing anything or just his own memories, but I guess I would say, I'll say this. Okay. If Watchmen does come back in season two, I would at least love some flashbacks or memories of Cal because he was such a great character. Yeah. And it was so fun. And once we saw that, you know, second to last episode, you know, a god walks into a bar, whatever it was called, like, I love that. And so I would definitely hope to see that again, see some of that spark and just kind of banter. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good thing. And let me let me ask you this because we were talking about, you know, season two. I think you kind of your lingering questions bled into that. Are you cool talking about what we would want to see from a second season now, or do you want to go into our categories? Either one. What okay. do you want? This is kind of a question, and it's not about a specific character or anything. It's about the first. You know, obviously it touched on, you know, like you said, colonialism, nationalism, you know, identity that politics. So good. Yeah, I know, but I was expecting a Hefeweizen, and then it said Pilsner in huge block forty eight font lettering, and for some reason I would misread it.
0: Their pills are so good. Yeah. O-
1: no, 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 I'm sorry. I mean, if we ever want them as a sponsor, that's delicious, but I was expecting
0: <laughs> I was expecting some sweet citrus.
1: Um let me ask you this. Yeah. The first one though, it like I said touched on a, ton, a shit ton of stuff, but the main thing was race, right? I mean, I would imagine we could agree on that.
0: The first season or the yeah. first episode? I'm sorry, sorry, the first season. Um it started off okay. As race. I'm not sure if that was the overall forefront. I would say Masks were okay. ultimately okay. what they okay. Igni- no, that's a good point. Explored.
1: Okay. I can see that. Then that changes my question a little bit, but I'll just say, what would be the second season's overarching thing? And I was thinking an interesting one. We have Vite now going to a trial, okay? And you kind of said earlier on in the podcast— like, do any of these people pay for anything, or is any is there any retribution or something? That could kind of be an interesting thing. This is what's the meaning of power, and just power corrupt, and hiding yourself, and all this.
0: What fight has to go through another trial after just right, exactly. going through that year trial? Yeah. with the simpletons. <laughs>
1: yeah, that would be pretty bad. Um, but I was, you know, like the idea of what is justice, what is retribution. That could kind of be an interesting second season, except the fact that that's kind of like a boring subject. Right. You know? So I don't know what the overarching theme would be. I mean, they could just run it back because it was so good that the, the things they were dealing with would be cool. And it would be cool to see an expanded universe with American
0: colonialism and neocolonialism and all that. But, you know. Uh, I mean, power. Yeah. What, what's going on with power, institutional power, individual power? And, that, and if, if we see Angela gaining Doctor Manhattan powers, if we see um, Wade moving up in the ranks to where he now has um, uh, power within the FBI, and like what is that weigh on him as far as his responsibility? Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it feels like in a way that like the Wire explored um, the different facets uh, of power structures. Yeah, they could do this in a world in which superheroes exist and. You're as powerful as you are operating within certain legal parameters sure. of, of a society, right? Sure, sure. But how? what happens when you move outside of that, when you're, you're adjacent to that structure? Because it's one thing for Red Scare and Pirate Jenny Jesus to be Christ. on a beat level, right? It's uh-huh. another for Angela to be God mode and operate outside of that and yet have to, to some degree respect that. I mean, that's a constant struggle with like Superman. It's like mm-hmm. you can't save everything everywhere all the time without running into issues of of autonomy with other individuals and like what it means within this country's dynamic versus another country's. Dynamic. It's like it's always like this tricky political thing that like you have to kind of skirt the line.
1: And I mean, how did he make love to Lois Lane when he has that strength? It's like Shaq, it's like Shaquille O'Neal shooting free throws. I mean, I feel like you just gotta lay there. I mean, he has to starfish. If he doesn't, if he does anything besides starfish,
0: (laughs) what does that mean? Just lie there with your
1: hands at like five, you know, five points and you're just a starfish. Okay. If you're not starfishing, (laughs) he's killing her. Yeah, Yeah. So that's probably the biggest thing actually he struggles with. You know, am I wrong? How do you. When you could go like this, also, let me ask you this how do people cut his hair?
0: I think he can just like will it. Superman, Superman with Kryptonite, exactly
1: scissors. like a kryptonite, like a steel tip, like a kryptonite tipped scissors. Yeah. Anyway, this let's, is much safer territory. Let's move. To ba- <laughs> yeah. Well, did we do an adult spoiler, adult uh, content warning? Yeah. No. So season two for me, I know you might have had other things, but my my main question is because I think we would run back a lot of the same characters, right? It would probably be Angela heavy. I would hope. Right. I think you are. That would be a sweet deal if we do see Wade move up.
0: But if they wanted to do like an anthology series akin to like Fargo. Mm -hmm. I could see that as well. Like, Mm -hmm. you could pick up with a whole other city, a whole new cast of characters, and they could keep the same actors and have them change their appearance. That's what they do in Fargo, or that's what they do in, like, American uh, Horror Story, which Mm -hmm. American Hero Story uh, likes to parallel. You take Angela, or uh, what's her name? Angela Lang? The actress's name? Anyway, just have her play a whole different character in this other storyline. Let
1: me ask you this. What city would you want to see, or town?
0: Austin. No, really. Bring it back to Austin. Dude. I'm gonna be an extra. That would be bad for traffic. Extra man. in season two. That'd be bad. Well, they might, you know, after uh, after leftovers. After Lindelof hears me uh, bitch about the finale, he's like, Yeah, nah, exactly. Fuck off. He didn't fuck do a good off. job.
1: Yeah, we're not getting <laughs> we're not getting sponsorship from Live Oak with my half a comment, and now we're not getting a, we're not getting season we two in Austin. Got
0: sponsorship. Listen, no, that's not sponsored. Let
1: me ask you this. Okay. Um, I want to do a few categories with you. We we're kind of throwing we we're kind of throwing these back and forth. I'm excited today. about these. First one. Thinking about NFL playoffs, which, oh, the Bills are playing, but who really gives a shit? Yeah, it's a um, I'm thinking about the NFL playoffs. I'm kind of thinking about winning. And winning can mean a lot of different things. Winning, um, and I'll say the question, then I'll kind of explain it, and then I have a few answers, like I usually do. But which character won the show? Which character won the show? Could yeah, be you won- have to explain Could this. be won you over. Could be they won the plot, as in, and I don't mean acting ability or anything. I mean the actual character, not the actor. I mean... Who maybe – maybe winning could be just surviving or could be thwarting a plan or could be achieving something they wanted to achieve or personal growth. I have an answer, show?
0: I want you to go first only in so much as like I don't want to take what might potentially be your answer when you've thought this through probably more than me. You go first.
1: I have three answers. Oh, my God. I will say this. Two out of the three have question marks. Only one – has no question mark, and I want to say three of them to you, and then I'll tell you why after, but I'm going to say three, okay? and I'm going to say two have question marks. Tell me the one that does not have a question mark. It's just a clear winner. Gladly. Okay. Jeremy Irons.
0: Adrian Vite Okay. Regina King. Angela Abar. Pirate Jenny. Pirate Jenny!
1: So we got Vite <laughs> We got Vite We got Vite
0: Okay. We have Angela,
1: and we have Pirate Jenny.
0: The clear one As I like to
1: call her, PJ, pajamas. We got um, Vite, Angela, pajamas.
0: Let's see. I mean, I think Angela definitely goes through some personal growth in learning about her lineage of, of having a fulfilling relationship, even though it comes to an end, and... And understanding about herself that she no longer needs to wear the mask, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. I get that, but she also goes through a lot of of pain. She loses her husband, she's now got three kids in to support excruciating on her fashion. Own. That's I, I don't know if that's winning this overall plot, okay? Um, okay, racism still exists in the world. <laughs>
1: so, you're gonna say she has a question mark?
0: I would say she has a question mark, okay? Um, Adrian Vite, I'm not sure how much he personally grows, I don't. I did not get the sense that he came out the other end of his his adventures over on Mars with him reflecting on his actions of um, you know dropping the squid, of killing millions of people, and feeling bad about it. Mm-hmm. I don't think the tear he shed was for that.
1: Mm-hmm. I think
0: that he's not. No, I'd put a question uh, – pyrogeny would have to be by elimination – you sir are correct.
1: Okay. <laughs> Pirate Ginny is the only one out of the three without a question mark. Here's why, very quickly. Vite, anyone can who anyone who can escape ca- captivity on Europa, yeah, wins. Even though he's likely going to prison, okay, and he's gonna have his his fortune confiscated and everything else, he wins with a question mark at minimum because that is a huge feat to escape prison on Europa. Okay? He, he's the
0: guy who cut the Gordian knot.
1: Listen, so he wins <laughs> with a question mark. You're right. Abar, she may have just ended up with God powers. But she did have to watch her husband blow up. Mm-hmm. And the God powers might not be such a good thing. All right. But the fact that she could now end up with a house with a sweet reflecting pool with, let me tell you this, I didn't know there were that kind of trees in Tulsa, but her backyard is lush. We need to have some commenters or viewers or whatever they're called in Tulsa. Let me know. Is that what it's like? Because I could relocate.
0: We are in Austin and all of our grass is yellow all the time. Exactly. (laughs) We're we're struggling for water. They say
1: yellow is the new green on the signs and I don't believe it. But then you pay your water bill and you believe it. Yeah. (laughs) So so Regina, Angela, uh, and you know, I say the two kind of simultaneously because her character, her acting was so believable, which we get into best acting later. But Angela wins, but with a question mark. Pirate Jenny, meanwhile, Give me Pirate Jenny. when we voted in our last podcast, every, every week we would vote on who we thought was the next to die. Every week it was Pirate Jenny. <laughs> the fact that she is still alive and survived means that she is the clear winner. She is, she's the cat with nine lives. True survivor. She, she wins because of survivor. Precisely. So Pirate Jenny, PJ Pajamas, she is the winner of the show.
0: I have a different person.
1: I assumed you would.
0: Wade Tillman, A.K.A. Mirror Guy. <laughs> I
1: right. think,
0: I think that um, Looking Glass had the most personal growth. I think that he he was a guy that, in his character study in episode five, we we see that this is a guy that is. As much as he's operating in the world with a certain degree of confidence, that's an illusion because he's wearing a mask to hide how afraid he is, mm-hmm. afraid of everything. He's he, this is a guy who's actually traumatized, and he's traumatized because of of the of the squid of the 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 blast of of a, of a paranoia of how that's affected him. We get a very I'm burping a lot because of this beer. We get a very Yeah, that's ag- not a good
1: word to say on a podcast. <laughs> Burping.
0: <laughs> Burping? Belgium? Good what do you want? I, Belgium's worse. I, I would
1: just avoid it altogether. It would just be like unspoken.
0: I just think that with what we see from episode five, he learns about the conspiracy and learns that he's he's been misled. And so anything that he's holding on to about like this pain. It's this is a huge growth step for him that he can let go of that yeah. and accept that he's operating in a world of of other things going on a, a higher truth I guess mm-hmm. that he can grow from. And we see that he backslides a little bit. He still grabs that machine at the end of episode 5 and he he still wants to you know operate under <coughs> the under the lie a bit. Yeah. But I think I, if we left it there I don't know if I, that would have been my final answer. But from there, we get that he kills a bunch of those guys on his own, using his own ingenuity. He kills a bunch of the 7th Cavalry dudes. Right. He moves on to going on a much grander adventure, adventure being transported to Antarctica mm-hmm. with Laurie Blake and Adrian Veidt to learn even more so the concrete proof of, like, this conspiracy did happen. Veidt is the one who pulled it off. Yeah. Laurie knew about it. He's, he's grown into a much bigger world he's learned more about himself i think that he will be able to reflect a little bit on this and ultimately win out the most i think yeah. that he hasn't had to experience as much pain as he has learned from the scenario and been able to cope with pain yeah and in that my in my mind that is the most growth that's a very interesting arc
1: i think that's legitimate also you know lebron james he always says he's not supposed to be here he's just a boy from akron this is just a guy from Tulsa, and like you said, now he's in Antarctica doing his thing.
0: Also, so, shut up, LeBron. That's a, <laughs> don't play humble pie, fakely. Yeah,
1: but come on, dude. I mean, he's. I mean, he's great. What were we doing in the post-MJ years? It was kind of boring. So thank God for LBJ. But, and I'm not talking about Lyndon Baines Johnson, although I,
0: he, we know that he has some
1: good <laughs> he has some good civil rights legislation. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's legitimate. I mean, I really do. That was kind of my fourth fourth one, but, you know, I had to throw PJ in there because of what she did, and that's true I like that
0: you put PJ in there. What's your next category? My next
1: category is best acting performance, and, of course, I have three, like oh. I usually do, and I'll let you go first on this one.
0: My best performance was Regina King. Yeah. This is her show. She had to carry it. It's got a kooky plot, yeah. and it's so contingent upon whether or not she can deliver for us in the beginning and make us believe in her in order to believe in everything going forward. Yeah. She did it. She sold it week after week, and it was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and the fact that she's holding the oar the whole time, shouldering the burden of probably the most lines in the in, of any character, right, of any yeah. person, and she's able to do it a lot. It's easy to come in for five minutes and wow us with a, a kooky performance. It's a lot harder to do it day in, day out, and consistently have good performances. So she was my number one. I thought Jean Smart kicked ass, too. It was She was kind of more a little bit more like she was cool for five, ten minutes, kind of a little flash. She had a strong personality.
0: But that snark... I don't yeah. know like what that would do. How how do you sustain it unless you really have these more human moments right. with her? Right. Which they do. They which, have like in the booth. Which we do
1: that. have a few. But, yeah, that's why I kind of gave her the number two. I would say, honestly, number three would be Andrew Howard. Really? Yeah, a little red scare.
0: We don't get much from him, though.
1: We don't, but I loved it. Um, that was kind of my joke answer. You know, I like to go two serious, one joke. No, that was kind of – you know, I like the fact that – and that's kind of emblematic. He's He's representative of – Every small character, which we're going to have another category of who's your favorite small character, but they were all so good, and they weren't necessarily fleshed out, but every time you saw them, it wasn't just, like, filler. It was really fun, you right. know? So, I mean, uh,
0: you saying that mean, means, like, I really wanted to go and look up, um... Oh, man, what's her name? Is this giving me just episode one? Don't do that Look it up pajamas? No, what was the name of the actress? You're not going to know.
1: mm I can guarantee you. I'm just going to do
0: Watchmen cast here. Um... The actress who plays uh, Lady True.
1: If you go to images, you're going to see a bunch of people who broke their arms recently, and they have arm casts on, and they, they made it look like the Watchmen. No, seriously.
0: Hong Chao. I'm kidding. Okay, yeah. Hong Chao, I loved her, Lady True. She was, was wonderful. Wise. She was yeah. great. Yeah, you're Everything right. And, was and, and, and she
1: actually had a decent amount of screen time. Mm-hmm. You know, she actually had to shoulder some, yeah. So, let me ask you this. Here's our next category. Yeah. This is going to be one, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same answer. There's only one right answer. Favorite Cubes moment. You want to go to Cubes already? All right. We don't have to.
0: Do you want to hold it off to the end? Last one? Yeah. Sure. (laughs) You going to jump over? The way you want, then. Yeah.
1: Best episode. We're going to have the same one.
0: Best episode, this extraordinary being. Episode six. The one with Hooded Justice. I thought that one was a game changer. It is the outlier among all the episodes. Probably one of the most discussed and the one you're going to remember after the fact. Right. All the other ones were so great. I loved episode five um uh, but i don't, I don't remember the titles of a lot of them. I'd ask you what this one was in fact um but yeah, that one was profound, and maybe it's a little bit of a cheat when you take an episode that that is like a bottle episode that's not the right term but uh um it was a distinct tor- a story that like exists outside of the main plot line, yeah that is it's an easier one to kind of fall back on.
1: You're not wrong. I mean, the artistry was unparalleled, you know, and it was unparalleled, not just to just to other episodes, but also the show, which was, I mean, you know, other TV shows, but also this show, which was great. I thought that this extraordinary being the connection to racism. I mean, we see it in episode one, and obviously it's a physical force that people have to deal with, right? I mean, their houses and their homes and businesses and their families are being blown to smithereens. It's fucking awful. This was a connection to racism, I thought, as a physical force in the same manner, yet in a more everyday way. The fact that after work this guy can't just walk home and not really and just kind of enjoy a nice night in New York City—he's thinking about these people who are coming up and kind of, you know, not what's the word—not really catcalling, but just kind of like following him. And he, anybody, yeah, yeah, anybody yeah. could anybody could hang him from a noose at any time. And you think, shit, that kind of reminds you of the seriousness of this. And we're kind of reminded of it throughout the show, but this is yet another example of it's racism as a physical force, which is important to think about.
0: And I think like building in the atmosphere where you you see a black man in a position of power mm-hmm. and yet you realize how how precious and how how delicate that line of power is. Right. And how how immediately fleeting it is in that scene in particular, but like throughout, you like you realize like. It doesn't matter. He still, like, has to, he still has to stay in line. The world that this is, yeah, and that world's not too far from this world. It's right. it's all of this veneer. Like power is a veneer hiding this other level of power. Certainly, that's so much more dangerous. Certainly. And like to to make audiences like feel that and yeah. recognize that in a way, I it's powerful storytelling.
1: I I completely agree. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I thought the third little facet of of this extraordinary being was just a connection to Watchmen history. I thought it was a lot of fun to kind of revisit that and get some extra information mm. and kind of find out who this character was. And we obviously, people thought it was like a German circus guy, right? And now we find out, no, it's a black dude from Tulsa in New York, right? Like, But it, but it actually worked. And so I thought the fact, and that was kind of emblematic or representative of, of Lindelof's approach to the show where it was, he treated it like History and something to be respected, but not necessarily canon, which I
0: liked. Brilliant and actually able to be massaged into being canon. Yeah. There's there's nothing well can there's sure. there's nothing that he wasn't able to do a, a workaround. And like creative writers can always figure out a clever way to make something work. Yeah. Especially if they have like time travel. Available. Man, time travel is the best for storytelling. Time tubings. travel
1: helps, but what if you meet yourself?
0: Oh, shit. That's a problem.
1: Oh, then you're uh, I asked,
0: I asked our uh, listeners, although I could not type the word y'all, I said Wall's favorite app. And I was like, well, let me retype that. Wall's fave app. Like, what the Good fuck? Good really? Lord. Y'all. I spent y'all. How many
1: beers is this in?
0: Um, we got 20 people watching right now, which is a lot more than I expected, honestly. Okay. Because we're doing this last minute on a Saturday afternoon when people got shit to do. Well, but
1: it's, I think it's cold in a lot of places in the country, not here, but maybe people are just trying to stay warm. Maybe. Huddled up to a laptop. So did anybody respond?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, people were saying uh, the Hood is Justice episode. Yeah. Um, another one said, yeah, this extraordinary being um, a god walks into a bar was a close second.
1: I'll say really quickly, that was my close second. And actually, I would say tied. Because I would say that episode to me was the one I enjoyed the most. And we can talk about that later. You can keep going with this. But I, I enjoyed that episode the most.
0: Yeah. So. No, no, no. Like, that's it. Let's. Uh. What else do you want to say about
1: that? So, I mean, just that episode for me, the dialogue between the two characters, obviously, at the bar. It was a classic kind of meet-cute kind of thing. But it worked. It was believable. I loved after... 12 issues of the comic book, seeing a really aloof Dr. Manhattan, you know, actually seeing this character with some warmth and some humility and humor, making jokes kind of, and actually in recognizing her jokes right. as jokes was so, I remember just, it was just so warm and cuddly and it, it, it was such
0: a shift in the the dynamic, the perception of like what Dr. Manhattan is and his, how his dynamic works with other people.
1: Right. And, and, you know, for me, the, I, I, Exactly. And the last part about it was the fact that, you know, a lot of shows that are smart and a lot of art and entertainment these days, when it wants to be smart, they forget the simple things that matter. Mm. And one of the biggest things that ever matters is love, right? Two characters just meeting and it's a spark and it's chemistry. And romance, and it's going to end up in a relationship with love, and making pancakes for your kids one day, right? Waffles, that is true. Oh, was it waffles? I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and, and talking about atheism while you're making the waffles, yeah, right?
0: It's casual. So combo.
1: that to me is just—it was a beautiful moment seeing that, and it was just a love story. And there's nothing wrong sometimes with just enjoying that, and it's okay to let your guard down and then just enjoy a love story. And so for me, that was the most enjoyable episode. It ties with this extraordinary being, which of course was an extraordinary episode. So those are those are my two answers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I think that that is another episode that really sets itself apart. Um, it's non linear structure. Yeah. Um. It, it really fits with what was one of the most iconic chapters of of the comic.
1: Yeah. And you know the fact that Lindelof has experience in Lost with dealing with the non linear kind of cut type stuff.
0: The constant.
1: You know. Episode oh, ever. Jeez, Louise. A- absolutely. Um. One of the ones we didn't talk about, but I want to ask you. And you can think about it for a little bit, and then we can revisit or whatever. So I'll introduce it now. If you have something great, if not, no big deal. Best scene. And a scene can last for 10 seconds or it can last for 15 minutes, you know? Mm. Um, Yeah, let me come back to that. Okay. I'll be ruminating. Yeah, so think about that.
0: And what's our next one?
1: Well, we're saving cubes, so now we're going to go to best side slash small tertiary character.
0: I love this. Mine's a Cactus. Whoa, the cactus! I love that answer. I love the cactus. I didn't sitting on the go table. there. It's sitting there, and you we know at the very beginning of the episode it's bugged, and it's just sitting there in the background being a little baby Yoda, just chilling. Oh not my
1: shit. god, that's a good answer! I loved the Except cactus. Yoda's in waiting to do good things, the cactus isn't waiting to do bad things.
0: The cactus has no motivation, it's oh, a nice. tool.
1: Whoa, okay, that's deep. Of it's
0: overlord. Oh
1: my god.
0: Ralph parents. Waldo
1: Emerson, the eyeball, <laughs> stuff flowing through it. Um, What's your favorite character? That's background a great character? answer. I'm not going to beat that. I am not going to beat that. But I've got the double P, and I want you to tell me the two Ps for my best side slash small character.
0: Pirate Jenny.
1: No. Actually, no. No. Panda. Okay. Um, Man, who else is with a P? Oh, come on. Petey. Exactly. I, I love them. I thought- Your dog's name is Petey. That's cheating. That's cheating. I mean, I'm biased, but uh, I think they're spelled differently. Isn't he like what is he? P E T E Y. Oh yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. What? No, he's not. P
0: E T E Y. Yeah. Oh no. shit.
1: Okay, so those are my two. I love Panda. I don't know why he had. To, it's just kind of he fit. You know, he's the guy nobody likes. He's in this ugly, dirty thing. <laughs> he probably eats – just half fast. Like, like if you have to ask, like okay, here's the thing, right? Anytime you can ask somebody or think about somebody, say, how much fast food do you think they eat a week? And you come up, and you know the answer, like looking at him immediately. You know that guy. Yeah. And and Panda, we know.
0: He had half his fast food on his panda. He for Max.
1: sure eats fast food twelve times a week. And that's okay. Sometimes we do, but he consistently eats it twelve times a week. I do too. So Yeah, but you're not a McDonald's guy. That's like your thing.
0: Nah, Jack in the Box Bro.
1: Oh, what, what's your go to? Tacos? Tacos. Yeah.
0: They're they're ninety nine cents for two. Have it's a dollar fourteen but with do, tax.
1: Do you ever go up to the monster taco?
0: No, nah, they don't do those anymore. You haven't Shit. been in a while.
1: Okay. Do you ever do the egg rolls?
0: Nah. Do you
1: ever do the um teriyaki bowl? Nah. Do you ever do upgrade? I do the curly fries. You ever upgraded curlies? Yeah, dude. Curly I don't know. Curly yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when we we're just really quickly, I don't know if people know, probably not. We've done a couple triathlons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right after talking about all this shit food we Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well
1: no, but we kind of go we don't really operate in a happy medium. We either, you know, yeah, we're, yeah, we're, yeah. we're men of extremes, okay? And I love whenever we train for triathlons because instead of thinking I'm going to get on a healthy diet, I just think I'm going to work so hard I can eat whatever I want. Yeah. So during our triathlon training times, I'm upgrading to curly every time.
0: (laughs) I'm going to go in curly. Upgrading to a
1: large curly. So here we go. Here's Here's our next one. Who is most likely to go on a first date to Chili's after the show? It's Red Scare, right? That's one of mine. And?
0: I don't know who else you would pick. Red Scare's gotta get a chili. No, no, no,
1: no. It's it's two characters.
0: Oh, they're going to They're together? going on
1: a first date and they're gonna go to Chili's.
0: <sighs> Red Scare invited Agent Petey to Chili's. Oh. That's kind of
1: cool.
0: Are you my getting guess. that vibe? Yeah. I think it, I think maybe they were hanging out a little bit after and they Really?
1: Life. They're going on a date, or they're just going to eat some bottomless onion rings. It's like,
0: Agent hey, P.T., you want to go to Chili's? Chili's,
1: yeah. So <laughs> I've got, I think, the, I think the two, okay, because this other question is, who's lo- who's most likely to fuck after the show? <laughs> okay? Okay. There's only one answer.
0: Well, who's the answer?
1: You know it's Wade and Lori. Oh, shit, Come yeah. on. You can see the chemistry, man. They. She would not go to Chili's, though. Well, but it's Tulsa. I'm not saying anything, but I mean, I think she that maybe there's not a lot of options, and if it's open and they just went through that horrible thing, she's like, "Give me a fucking bacon burger."
0: She'll go fuck. She ain't going to Chili's. Oh, huh? where,
1: where's she gonna want to go eat? Uh, where's
0: she? Where, where's she gonna go?
1: <laughs> Breadsticks, salad, Chili's is the only option. Olive here. Garden.
0: Uh, what was the the place that uh, Angela operates? Uh. Angela oh
1: shit the uh, the. Hanoi uh,
0: Cafe or whatever yeah but you're not going to want a
1: date there it's, that
0: place isn't even open it's not even open
1: listen no Wade Lawyer for sure going to fuck uh, Red Scare and Pirate Ginny they flirted a lot and they're probably going to say hey let's just maybe take this next level you know yeah. the last one Panda Table for one. <laughs>
0: oh, <man. laughs> come on <laughs> He's gonna go fuck himself. Panda's <laughs> gonna take
1: an Amazon Kindle Fire, and he's just gonna plot, put it up there, and he's gonna watch episodes of a TV show with some ear pods and earbuds. And uh what
0: you got do you pills want? back there?
1: I've got one for me. How many beers do you have? A, fine. Oh wait, I got a pills? Oh yeah, I'll trade you. You wanna know uh, do trades? No. Well, yeah, I thought you were trying to take my last beer. I was gonna say no, but yeah, I'll happily do a trade. I no, know. so we d- definitely got Wade and Lori, they're most likely to fuck. Because you know that Lori fucks because she was with Wade, she was with Dr. Manhattan, and she was also with Petey. So she fucks, and that's fine. Okay, we know Wade for sure does because he goes – remember his ex-wife says you're always with women who are bad for you. Lori is most likely bad for him because she has she treats animals cruelly and has a vertical CD player. Okay? She calls him mirror guy. Red Scare and Pirate Ginny could actually have a really good relationship except can you really date the person you work with? We have two best friends who do, so maybe you can.
0: I don't, I don't think so. I think Red Scare wants, wants... – You think Red Scare wants Petey? Eh, Fuck. That's that's my vibe. Okay, here we go. What else we got? We got, we got, we got two last ones, right? Uh, well, we got cubes on it. We got best scene. What else you got? Do you want to do? Yeah, best scene. What was the other one?
1: Best scene. For me, it's the New Jersey Wade flashback. I mean, that's not a scene per se, but it's like 15 minutes. I don't really know what a scene is. Maybe I need a better word. Mm. But I guess a couple things on that. First, whenever they did the pullout uh, after that and they showed um, the destruction from the squid, I kind of thought, whoa, they spent some money on this. They're with the big boys. You know, like they're playing in the big leagues now. Yeah. You know, so that was kind of cool and cool to see just HBO or whoever was producing it. I don't know how this works, right? I don't know the industry. That they gave Lindelof that kind of budget to do that. It was cool. I thought the way it was – I mean it it was just really believable. It was really cool to see that, you know, the whole the whole fair not really a fair. What was it? it
0: was a little circus It was a little, a little circus fair. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a fair is I thought the right it was word.
1: cool. I thought the mirror part was cool. I thought the acting was cool. It had this obviously 80s punk thing, which it was supposed to do. And I thought it nailed that comic book feel. That and, era, yeah. And like it, it could and you know, we I mean, I'm thirty-six. You're thirty-seven. You're six months older than me, maybe eight months older than me. And so we were kiddos back then, but, you right. know, you remember, you know, we look at all the old DC comics with Batman and stuff, and we see the punk kind of vibe and all that, and they did it. When you see that, it's a distinct feel, and they nailed it. It didn't seem fake. didn't seem cheesy. Um, so that was my kind of favorite little – my favorite thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, or I, not favorite, but best.
0: I have two. Okay. One of them would be the, <clears throat> the development of Europa with, um, with Dr. Manhattan. When he when he's he's God essentially and and instead of in six days he did it like oh over a course of like an hour or so yeah he says but just like seeing the scenes of like everything bloom and him walking out across the um, European landscape as it like the water fills in and he's walking on top of the water then levitating above the people and then like his essential Adam and Eve of this new land like I thought all of that feels already so familiar. And yet, there's something like because, like, as a story beat for all of us, everyone knows the the biblical story of the of the Garden of Eden and everything. Wait, wait,
1: what's the Garden of Eden?
0: Anyway, it it, it felt so like familiar, and at the same time, how it was integrated into this world was kind of fun. And yeah, neat. yeah. Um, the other the the other one though is when Will Reeves goes into um, George's uh, warehouse at the end. When he's no longer wearing the mask, he's got the gun, yeah. and he's just going to kill them all. That was boss. When he goes in, he just starts blasting them all in the head, and then the red light is blinking. It felt very Tarantino to me. Oh, yeah. And in, in this adrenaline like like sense that I'm just like, yes, this is justice. This is yeah. what needs to happen, and I am on board with him getting his his, his vindication here.
1: But he was also a vulnerable character because we saw him earlier brawls, you know, he's, right. he doesn't have special powers. He's just a fighter. Right. And so we still are worried about him, but we are amped up. They had the long Tarantino like shots. It was it was bad. It's act.
0: visceral. Yeah. It, it's like uh watching Drive or, or Old Boy or something like just a hero with a hammer or yeah. just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna beat you to death. Absolutely. And I'm driven by a mission. And I'm like and and when they get me on board yeah. with raw violence like that i'm like i'm just so pulled in yeah and i thought they they filmed that scene so well
1: yeah absolutely no i thought that was a great scene you're completely All right. right i'm
0: excited <laughs> it's let time
1: my, let me clear my throat
0: it's time for the cubes it's moment far,
1: and do people i want i would like you, for you to maybe explain what a cube's nah, moment is dude, i can't
0: i can't why do you I say can't that can't take your essence of what a cube's moment is because you, you
1: you took my essence last night
0: the fuck does that mean
1: I simply mean that last night you thought about the cubes moment and you realize what it is after how many months you don't have we had I simply mean that. Yeah, I simply mean that listen, how many episodes have we done after cubes? we went to Chili's. We've had we've had you've had four months of cubes. Cubes? Yeah. Here we I'm go. Let me give it a shot.
0: Let me go to Let me go to my camera. Whoa, it did a special wipe again. All right. The cubes moment is when there is there is a moment within the show or the series that is compelling to you for whatever reason. Is it that you're driven by a character moment? Are you driven by a particular element in a scene? Are you, are you, are you feeling that specialness of, of how they've lit um, the scene with the lighting is the music and how that integrates with the emotion of something, what draws you and compels you a cubes moment. Is named after the sugar cubes, the green sugar cubes that Rorschach in the original Watchmen comics fucking loved and kept stealing from Dan Dryberg's yeah,
1: house. Exactly.
0: Cubes are everything. Cubes are the, the thing that tethers you to this earth and yet lifts you above it. Wow. And, and makes you feel something more about yourself and the world that you exist within. Wow. I don't know. Is that something? Is that essentially what the cubes moment Look, is? Look,
1: in Mayana Buddhism, they talk about the fact. That the flower is tied to the the muck, the roots, you know, its roots are in the dirt. So it's tied to humanity, but also the flower is up there and it's doing its own thing. Yeah. You just went there. You said it's the cubes is tethered to the show, but also lifts you up. I love it. Now, the cubes for me is exactly what you said. And something that's just fun, makes you chuckle, makes you laugh, makes you think about a great memory and reminisce a little bit and it doesn't necessarily have to be related to the plot line in fact it shouldn't be it's just a little thing where we get lost in criticizing the show or not criticizing but critiquing and talking about it. and it's just a little thing that makes you think oh cool i had fun with that how many do you have i just have one and i think there's only one right answer
0: wow you got three. 3 cubes wow i love it okay go my first one was seeing the squid in the show okay seeing the squid felt like um such a uh, a confirmation of what happened, happened. Mm-hmm. Very lost line for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, in in The Watchmen. Like, what happened in The Watchmen comic is being carried forward here. And, and part of the hang-up a lot of comics fans had with the Zack Snyder adaptation was that he shied away from having the squid. He wanted instead to capitalize on the dangers of Dr. Manhattan and make him out to be the villain. So they have just, like, a nuclear holocaust. Mm-hmm. Which is good, but at the same time, a lot of people loved how wacky and and Lovecraftian or just like absurdist it was to have this giant alien squid drop, and right. have that validated in the show. It just felt good. Yeah, yeah. I, like just to, to pan across the city and just see that squid. In yeah. that moment, in episode five, yeah. it was like yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want me to keep going, or you want to love, take? I would
1: love. I would love for you to keep hearing these. Uh,
0: my second one was it, it's a little one. It's a little silly. Uh huh. But the Mothman paparazzi. Okay. Byron Lewis was one of the original Minutemen, uh-huh. the predecessors to the Watchmen. And in episode two or three, I get them a little bit confused so early on, uh, they have the paparazzi there wearing the Mothman wings. Mm-hmm. And they're obviously this this lineage from, from him that have borrowed technology. Exactly. They're using it for something as not only mundane, but also like, Shitty as uh, being a paparazzi, and they're not even doing it, it well. They're not even doing it well. Yeah, they're doing shit like yeah, it shitty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I love it, that. It was just a great little um, homage to the original comic and a hilarious tweak. I thought of it. Yeah, yeah. And my last one, come on, might be the one you you were gonna say as well. Lube Man and him sliding into the sewer. No shit. Go on.
1: Absolutely. Look, Lube Man for me. There's two things about this. Okay and I want to introduce this in two ways, and hopefully I can tie them together. The first is that I loved, you know, I'm not, an, I'm not an MCU guy. I think we all know that. People listening to the podcast are going to get pissed off, whatever. I'm not a Marvel Comic Universe guy. In the early ones, maybe even before the whole MCU started, you know, with the earlier Spider-Mans, mm. I love it, like, in the origin story, whenever he goes in the cage-fighting MMA-type thing, and he's wearing the shitty hoodie, right? Because if any of us wanted to dress up like a superhero costume would probably look pretty shitty Yeah. right our costume would probably I, like if I had to go home like I don't know how to sew or anything but if I thought fuck I feel like I gotta go out today like somebody just rifled through my car actually somebody did rifle through our car be careful if you're living in Travis Heights wow. lock your doors um, if, but if I got pissed off about that and I thought you know what I got some energy tonight after I, after I watched a little bit of Star Wars Rebels I'm gonna put on a a, a costume and I'm gonna, You're gonna go put fight. Put on your
0: long johns. Or I'm some gonna shit. put
1: on my long johns. That's what I'm gonna look like, and it's gonna be so shitty. But I'm gonna feel like I'm badass. So like you know when kids dress up in Halloween. Like you know when you were a kid, you put on a Wolverine costume. You felt like Wolverine. That's but really, it, you look like shit.
0: This is one of my biggest unnecessary gripes in superhero movies. Yeah. Is when they suddenly have a badass costume. Yeah. Because I'm like, explain how they made that. You didn't go to crafts, Spider-Man, etc. Spider Man. Sure, he's wearing a a red. He looks like Red Hood. He's wearing like a red mm-hmm. hood over his head, and he's um he's wearing red sweatshirt at first when he's like doing his stuff. Then suddenly he's sewing, like immaculately craft webbing onto a a uh, what do you call that like um iron Under yeah. Armour like shit. And I'm like bullshit. Kevlar dude.
1: Kevlar threaded. Yeah. Did
0: he, did he get spider sewing skills?
1: Well, you know YouTube's a hell of a drug. You eh. learn it. No, but listen, no, you're, you're, you're ex- and that's what I'm saying here. So if anybody, but we feel. But when Iron
0: Man makes but, his suit, I'm like, fuck, yeah, I get exactly.
1: it. Exactly, but that's the problem because, of course, in that universe, everything's fixed with this. But listen, here's the thing. So we would all look like that, okay? So right. that's the first thing. But yet we would feel like badasses. Mm. So if you're Petey, who's probably around our age or so, and you go out, you would probably look like that, but you would feel like a hero. Here's the difference between us and Petey slash Flood Man. You know, sugar from the sh- from sugar cane. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have that, and let- let's say that's like horsepower of one, right? You have cars right. that are like this amount of horsepower. So you have sugar, and then you have stevia and other like sugar alternatives. Okay. Let's say stevia is like eight. Okay. Okay. Then you have a little thing, something called monk fruit. You ever heard of monk fruit? <laughs> I have heard of monk, monk fruit. Monk fruit is 300 times the power of sugar. Okay. It's sugar on steroids, but it doesn't mess with the glycemic index or all that, any of that bullshit. So it's 300 times as powerful. Okay. Okay. When lube man runs away and then he slides into a gutter, we realize, holy shit, that guy's monk fruit. There's Isn't sugar fruit? and then there's monk fruit. Because that's the difference between you and I going out and fighting crime. Okay. I'm trying to look at your notes. Did you write lube man is monk fruit on y- there anywhere? Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> I've been thinking about this. That's the difference. So you and I go fight crime, we would just be in spandex. Yeah. So yeah. so is so is lube man. But when lube man actually slides into the gutter. How does he do that? Does he have Marvans? Does he have Marvans syndrome? Does he have the concave chest? Potentially.
0: How does he get in there? But what is his suit made out of that he can land on the ground on asphalt and slide in?
1: And that's the thing. We only saw him do it once, so maybe it didn't work out so well. Maybe he has has road rash. But I didn't see him walking funny after that. No. He obviously is a a good lover.
0: I mean – there wasn't a lot of angry friction afterwards, I guess. They
1: were lying in bed together. She didn't get up and leave. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually my sign. About I don't know about you. But you know.
0: He, he starfished the whole thing. <laughs> you do what you did do.
1: And she kept sliding off the bed. She's like, God damn, I can't get any, I can't get any traction.
0: <laughs> you do not need any more lube. Stop, I can't, I dude. can't get, I can't get a Stop grip. It in the bedroom. Um, Too much lube.
1: Yeah, so lube man for me. He's the monk fruit. He's how we all want to be. Like here, here's a, here's a, an embarrassing thing. Okay. Do you remember, you know how like the your you know, obviously his dark materials, mm-hmm. the daemon the demon like gets, you know, becomes constant once you reach kind of puberty? Right. You know, the animals no longer changing. And do you know how in X-Men in the early days, well, I don't it's still like that, right? Like your it, you're, you're, it your, your, your your powers come to fruit, they they manifest, come, they manifest at that time. Puberty, yeah. So, when I was a kiddo, I was crazy about X-Men. I loved them. Like Age of Apocalypse was a thing. And I was like begging my mom to, can I vacuum? Can I rake the leaves? Can I sweep? Can I mow? Because I wanted to go get like all the different Age of Apocalypse things. Okay? Right. And and that was before the internet. So literally I would look at like an insert to see what's part of the Age of Apocalypse universe. And you don't know. You have to go to the fucking grocery store. We didn't have a comic book store. So doing that, loved it. I really thought when I was younger that maybe my powers will manifest and that Xavier will come help me out. Did you ever think anything like that? When you're like six years old, you didn't think, maybe this is for real?
0: No. Okay.
1: I don't know. You don't really talk about your personal life on the podcast. You kind of keep a little separation.
0: I don't necessarily. Your daughter
1: loves Spider-Man like a motherfucker. She does love Spider-Man. She's, does she actually think maybe any of that could be real or at least entertain or fantasize about No, because about I'm
0: that. a miserable father who reemphasizes this is fake. That's a fake world. But even I you don't se- want her swinging around or trying any of that But shit. Even, if
1: you, even if you tell her that, it doesn't matter. The power of fantasy is, is powerful. I have to
0: tamp down that enthusiasm. Do
1: you think maybe she hopes that maybe some of it could be real? Maybe. Okay, so there you go. So same thing for me. I was thinking that. It never happened. Here's Petey. Maybe it never happened for him either, but he fucking made it happen. I don't know how. I don't know why, but he's a definite cubeser.
0: sir. It was a definite Cubes moment. So
1: I love Petey. He's a badass. I hope he's doing his own thing, and we're going to get some
0: comic books out of it. Um, <laughs> I agree. Finally, I, I want to talk a little bit about this podcast. We started this off a on, a, bit of this, this, on a lark. On a lark, this adventure, going through, like, hey, we're excited for this show. I want to talk about the comics. Going through that, we've we've built up people that have listened to us. Even on a Saturday, posting this up, we got some people following and commenting. It's it's really uh, enriching to us.
1: Say touching. Touching.
0: Yeah, let your guard down. It's touching. Yeah. I want to go through some of these comments that people were, were saying. Sure. Um, Jimmy One was saying early on that uh, Dr. Manhattan likes strong women. Silk Spectre and uh, Sister Knight. And mm-hmm. then someone else followed this up with... Um, Kay Phillips said Dr. Manhattan likes women with superhero families. I thought that was kind of interesting. Wow. Yeah. Strong women, people that, that know who they are, are very determined, who will buy him a beer. Well, it's so
1: funny, right, <laughs> that, that, that Laurie, though... Even was, Janie like, but, bought but, him a but beer. Look, but look, that's, that's recency bias. I, I agree with whoever's commenting. I appreciate the comment, but you know lori was not necessarily strong in the comics kind of a i mean hey she i don't she was a
0: self-empowered like superhero lori lori she, she was, was the,
1: she was the big spoon in that one scene but i mean she wasn't really given a lot of emphasis
0: It was also a little creepy well, yeah. a little underage
1: well i don't i don't even care about, well no i care about that of course but i'm saying
0: she wasn't really ever eh, whatever okay okay sure go ahead um jeff miller says epstein killed himself after rewatching daredevil's director's cut <laughs> yeah but you would appreciate yes. that. Um Jimmy one said um that Angela did fall into the water after the end credits. Bullshit. <laughs> Quit trying to trick and me. And then she that.
1: had Salmonella.
0: <laughs> I wa- I rewatched her in end credits over and over. <laughs> um Jeff Miller says, I was impressed with how well they the show balanced its tone with how wacky the Vite stuff could be, with how deep the flashback episodes like in the nineteen forties could be. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's was- a that's a great that's a great that's a great take.
0: Um, when we were talking about who won, Lady True definitely won. What? Said. Um, what which, version was he watching? <laughs> I think maybe that's a joke. I don't uh, know. Yeah, yeah. Like, Is there is there like the
1: the, the slash S? Uh,
0: <laughs> if, if she has clones, maybe maybe her end game is still un, ongoing. Oh, true. Yeah. Um, Regina Regina King's what the fuck reactions. In particular, her one with yeah, Lube Man absolutely. might be one of the best scenes, best moments. That could be a good And let's
1: Miller. just remember, that was on an overpass in Tulsa. Right.
0: It was classic. That was from Jeff Miller. Um, Beat to Death says, I swear I thought the guy in the mask from JD was on the Stern show. I actually don't know about that. Uh-huh. Um, moving down a little bit. Let's see. the.
1: Do we have any trolls? No, no, it's troll. Oh
0: wow! I think we don't have enough people for trolls. Well, the trolls are too
1: busy on a Saturday. Yeah, it's busy.
0: Uh, Jeff says the cutaway shot to the car driving away with the bodies. Oh, of course, of course. So unsettling. Of course, with
1: with with, I think the red, right? The pop of the red. Mm -hmm. I mean, insane. Absolutely.
0: Um, Pw Gregory says the introductory episode for Laurie Blake is still my favorite. When she's in the phone booth, just talking, telling Uh, a joke. Yeah. I mean, just for her to, like, take that and just carry a scene. And, and, and let out. me ask you
1: this. What What did you think about how wonderful that was for her to warn Angela about the squids coming down, using that same booth to make a call? Yeah. I thought that was great for Lori, you know. It was just interesting. She's kind of always out there on her own, looking out for herself, and then to call her new lover's, her old lover's new lover. To warn. I I thought that was great. I love that. I'm Respect. glad they had that in there.
0: Yeah. A lot of people like the, the giant squid scene. Um and uh choke heart. Kelly says two for six dollars sourdough jacks <laughs> from Jack in the Box.
1: Wait, there's only there are only two for six dollars?
0: I guess. Uh Jeff says he loves, lives in Tulsa and can confirm, I guess, about the green.
1: Really? Blackness. I love that. hey, real quick though, about Jack in the Box. You know how they always have the sign after you order. And then you pull around and it says, want cheesecake? Not too late or something. Have you ever actually bought the cheesecake? No. I have a handful of times. Is it good? They don't like that because they're already moving.
0: It is too late. They're already <laughs> moving
1: on to the next person or two cars behind you. And then they, they kind of go, oh, and they have to go back. And you feel bad each time, but you want the cheesecake. They have the sign there. <laughs> and it's just the fact that employers are not taking care of the employees with shit like that. We need more benefits. We need, a, we need unions.
0: Yeah, Mike Moody. Yeah. Our, our homie yeah. says uh the cube's moment for him was the baby fishing.
1: <laughs> oh baby God. fishing. Oh God. That's a tough you know, it's tough to think about just those two words together.
0: Jeff Thompson says best scene uh was potentially the the, the opener with the Tulsa Massacre, um, or maybe the squid scene or Angela uh smashing Col- uh, Cal uh Cal's skull in. Oh yeah but yeah Yeah, I mean that, that Tulsa Massacre is something like that just became such Oof. a talking point throughout.
1: And if, and the fact that you know, they recently found some like what they think are mass graves from that.
0: Right. I mean, it's, right. it's it's
1: wild. This has really sparked a lot of interest in that.
0: Um. Fucking Hermes says love from Argentina. You guys are so entertaining.
1: Oh wow! Thank you.
0: That's some international reach.
1: Argentina. Yeah. Hey, uh, who's the best basketball player from Argentina?
0: Um. I don't know basketball.
1: Jesus fucking Christ! Excuse me. If there's any Christians out there, Manu Ginobili.
0: I was gonna say Manu Ginobili. He's I'm like, real... is he from Argentina? Though? Yeah,
1: he certainly is. Um. Really quickly, also – well, I lost my train of thought.
0: No, well, overall, um, I just wanted to say once again, it's been really fun talking about this whole season from the start to now. I think I've been blown away by the Watchmen community in general. Okay, like the art that people have been putting out, the theorizing like over on Reddit. Has it, let me ask you this: or has Twitter, it? Has, or it wherever. has it
1: gotten toxic? Sometimes people like the criticism. Can, I know that on there Reddit are, stuff can get kind of toxic. There are, but I
0: think it's easy enough to just kind of steer away from people who are being shitty. Yeah, maybe not on our, our comment thread here. Yeah, that, yeah when yeah. we had one of those videos. Yeah, um, but just like in particular, the engagement from our listeners has been really, really rewarding. And I want to say patreon.com slash who pod's the watchman. You guys want to keep supporting us? Jesus Christ, that's awful. (laughs) Is it?
1: I'll say this really quickly and not – Take
0: an undercut of sincere moment. Yeah, I'll I'll say that
1: for me. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. I really appreciate you asking me to do this with you. And we were going to do – I know you wanted to announce this maybe later. For right now in the short term, we're going to look at doing some character studies, kind of deep dives on each character, their arc, what it means – you know, as far as thematically and everything like that and maybe some history and ancillary material with each character. We're kind of really deep diving each character. We're going to do that for likely, I would say, the next couple of months just doing every character. This
0: fucking wipe is killing me. <laughs> like it goes. Oh, yeah. But I don't know why that happens. Well, you know but why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's
1: because of the clock in The Watchmen. It's kind of doing that. a Watchmen that. clock. So we're going to yeah, do, we do, do the character studies for the next couple months, maybe some deep dives into ancillary material as well that would be fun. I know that it's not that great, but we're going to keep Watchmen going for about two, three months, and we're kicking around a couple other ideas. I want to do a certain book series, mm-hmm. but that's tough because obviously you don't get as much traction with TV. We're kicking around some other TV shows that are, might might be coming out. Everybody's doing Star Wars. I love Mando. I love seeing you and McGregor as much as anybody else, but I don't know if we necessarily want to do that. So if anybody has ideas, always slide into my buddy's DM, pull a lube man, slide into Grant Davis's uh, DMs, and get in oh, there. Let us know what you like, because we definitely enjoy speaking to each other. We're, we're best buds. Yeah. Um, and I'll say really quickly, obviously we can plug Patreon, whatever, but it has been a lot of fun just seeing people say, I'm writing in from Puerto Rico, or I'm writing in from Argentina, or I'm writing in from France, and blah, 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 blah. And it's just really cool connecting like that. I think that the internet can be a kind of a nasty place, but this is really fun and if we're all sharing something together, that that's like the greatest thing. So, fuck yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and like like you were saying, we're going to be doing some um individual character deep dives, talking about their story arc throughout the season and really in investigating kind of what uh Lindelof and crew did with The Watchmen show in our kind of holding pattern until we find some other project to kind of move Who Pods the Watchmen to Who Pods whatever. Ellipses. On. But um want to thank you guys once again. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up here. And uh, just stay tuned. If you guys want to stay tuned to what we're doing, of course follow us on all social media. Yeah, And uh, go ahead, Clay. Take it away.
1: Yeah, because generally you always leave and walk to the laptop or the computer to end it. I realize I wrote my notes on Diana's grocery list, so I'm just going to read greens, tomatoes, red onion, canned beans, tomato paste, chicken, Flour, white rice, brown rice.